the fact that when you're in connection with other human beings and you let down your guard just enough, you can create connection. It further reinforces this idea that I have that all people are not bad. Though trauma may have been our foundation, it does not mm. have to be our future. Try this bad boy emphasize. You are welcome to take a seat at the table where we use a new lens, where humanity are stakeholders. Different distinctions encouraged, intention starts from a no-judgment zone, a certain age is not criteria, and where you become comfortable with the uncomfortable to facilitate a new conversation. Um, I'm just hoping that this internet, we're live by the way, this internet holds out. So there is no judgment zone on this decision table we just literally have a conversation and wherever that takes us that's where we go today and as long as you're willing to go wherever that takes then we're gonna have a good time i am an open book my friend there is nothing off the table for me (laughs) speaking of oh that could be pretty interesting (laughs) saying that and doing that where are you in the world right now i'm in portland oregon at the moment at the moment doesn't mean that's not your normal abode or that's today's abode or no frequently traveling um, i got used to the digital nomad lifestyle a few years ago and you mm. know I, I spent a lot of time in in miami a lot of time you know all over the world well i used to be all over the world and so when we get back to normality i will continue <laughs> that i like to be a vagabond mm, a vagabond yeah. tell me more about that well you know growing up i was homeless a lot as a kid and I, I lived with a, probably in the window of 30 to 40 families. I've forgotten what that number is. I have no idea. And as, a, as an adult, like being in the same place too long is very uncomfortable for me. And so I like to explore. I like to go meet people and try new foods and, mm. and do that thing that people talk about, but by immersing myself into it a little deeper. So I like to be in places for three or four months at a time and really see what it's like to like consume the culture and the environment and the people. And honestly, like the most incredible lessons I've learned about who I am as a human being have come when I'm out of the comfort zone of being the place that I'm comfortable. Isn't that so true? Like seriously, being immersed in culture, like honestly, I so relate to that. And I think there's so much around that learning that we get from that. I can relate to that side of it because in the way that I was nomadic, for we we officially did three and a half years before the lockdown and there is so much we can learn from one another and I think when you come from a background where there was a lot of learning that went on from a young age I think as we continue to keep moving forward we need to keep learning would you say that's the truth or like What does that bring up when I say that? Yeah, I think you're spot on because the moment that you close down the idea that you don't need to learn anything else, I think is the moment you stop living. And Mm. I used to be very much ingrained with this idea. And I understand this about myself because growing up, I had to be able to always know everything and be the person who protected themselves and understand the world through the scope of, if I'm not right, I'm probably in danger, right? And then that worked until it didn't, right? Which ultimately became a hindrance. 
And mm. in that, one of the things that I discovered that became really potent in my life, especially around personal development and growth was if I'm the smartest person in the room, then I'm in the wrong room. And you hear people mm. say that in passing, but in a practical sense, it holds so true because the moment you're the smartest person in the room, you are no longer learning. And so now I push myself into, can I learn every single day so that I can understand and uncover more about the depths of the capacity that I have to reach my potential and help people do the same? So the moment you turn off this idea that I need to continue to learn, I think you yeah. automatically pigeonhole yourself in this way where opportunity is actually removed from the table because you've already predetermined what's next for you. Mm, I love that. But don't you think, okay, if that's true, then a lot of the old approaches, but here's the three principles. This is how you need to do it. I'm going to tell you what you need to do. We don't have to think of it for ourselves. We don't have to keep learning. You don't have to, but you know, think about this. How often have you had these situations in life where you're like, oh, I got it. And then you just plateau, mm -hmm. right? I think there's levels, right? I think it's like, I look at life as climbing a ladder. Then every single day, I'm like, can I go a rung up while also understanding that there's no end to this except that mm. moment in which you die and then whatever happens next. But until that moment, if I can just climb one more rung every single day as I move towards the goals and the things that I have in my life and take those three principles, apply them to my life in a way that makes sense, leverage that, and then continue to move forward while understanding that that is not the only solution, then I can continue mm -hmm. to climb that ladder. And I think what happens is so often people are enamored with the idea of there's only one possible solution that they fail to understand that it might be the 37th thing that they try that actually creates change in their life. And so I want to pull bits and pieces from everybody. There's 8 billion people on planet Earth. Somebody knows more shit than I know, that's for sure. So I want to tap into that. And I'm like, hey, what do you know that I don't? Because chances are you're probably only one step in front of me. Yeah. But you know what? Like I just keep going back to the thought when you bring stuff like this up that it's so easy when we have this in society where there are leaders or those that are sort of got it all together that we just go, okay, well, let's follow them. Let's just do whatever they're doing because it must be right for us. But what you're saying is that at every level there's new growing, there's things that we could learn, we can evolve. But this is not actually common. I so, by the way, I totally agree with you. And what I'm finding, and this is the interesting piece, is that even though we know this, you and I know this, and I, I've got some thoughts around that which we're going to unpack in a minute, but here's the thing. Lots of people don't grasp onto this. They're like, just give it to me. What do I need to do? How do I need to do that? How do I know if I don't know what they've gone through? How do I know? I've got some certain things that I have skills, strategies, thoughts, insights, whatever you want to call them, that are probably really beneficial, could be beneficial even to you, Michael. But here's the thing. I don't know if that is if I don't know where you're coming from. If I haven't heard your perspective, I haven't got an awareness of what's important to you, right? Yet we often, and I go back to what I said earlier, we've got like these principles, this must be the way that you've got to do it. We're waiting for the next person to lead the way so that we can 
have everything right and just follow that. No. And I think just pull that in. I think one of the reasons is that when you've had to go through a tough background like you have and actually like I have, that we have had to learn things that have given us, like you said, capacity and you know to get more capacity, we have to keep learning. That is actually not a norm. This is kind of, even though you're saying this and I know this, what I'm finding is less people actually understand this concept. I agree with you. But let me ask you this, and I think it's a very simple question. Do you mm. believe it's true that at some point everyone has been stuck? Totally. Okay. So let's take that into can consideration. I, can I do a bat on that? Because I think there yeah. is a bat. Yeah, yeah. Yes, I agree that at some point everybody has been stuck. What I think is a, an issue and maybe a variable to what you're about to go down is not everyone wants to face that. Not everyone wants to see that they've been stuck. Not everyone wants to work on how to get out of that stuck. 100% agreed. And so we're, we're definitely in synchronicity here. And the, the <laughs> point that I'm getting to in saying that is that you have to come to the conclusion and understand that life is all about the choices and decisions that you make. So within that framework of recognizing that, okay, maybe I'm only going to hold on to these one or two concepts. And then when my life plateaus, I'm going to be okay with it. That's a choice. And that's a hard thing for people to palate because even at the end of the day, you put your head on the pillow and you go, I'm okay being stuck. You, yeah. have, you have made a choice effectively, even if it's by not making a choice, an indecision is a decision. And the thing about that is we have come, especially in the society and the world that we live in to this place where it's normative to be okay with this idea that good enough is good enough. And if you're challenging that narrative inherently within yourself to look at it and go, is that true? Then within the context of that, it's really about stepping in and choosing to head into what's next, despite the fact that realistically, whatever it is that you want to have, all odds are probably against you. Growing up, everyone has this dream as a child. They want to do something big and beautiful and grandiose and so far-fetched that someone who's already been ingrained and embedded into the systemization and the idea that you have to fit into the box comes and drops that on you and says, the sun is supposed to be yellow, not purple. Who do you think you are? And then suddenly now you're stuck within the scope of that framework. And then one day, this was my experience too, because I found myself mm. stuck in a corporate job working for a Fortune 10 company, hating my life. It was a disaster. And even though I was making all this money, I was miserable every single yeah. day. And so I put my head on the pillow at the end of the night and I go, this is good enough. And then eventually the pain of good enough became so intense, I couldn't hold on to it anymore. And it forced mm. me to understand that I had to evaluate what I actually wanted in my life. Now, of course, that took time to dive in and unflesh it and come to this place where I could create a framework for stepping into it. But ultimately, I think that everyone has that moment where they're laying in bed and they're like, my life, I could be a rock star. I could write that book. I could travel the world. I could be the leader of my community, but I'm just going to go ahead and go to sleep. And so in that, in that indecision, you're still making a choice. And so if someone hands you the playbook, effectively, which it is in life, 
go to school, get good grades, go to college, get married, have children, watch Netflix at night, all night, and then don't do anything with your life. And you accept that you've made a choice. But if something deep within you says, this is not me, you have to be willing to face the fear, which we all face. Trust me, even just showing up today, I'm like, shit, I'm scared. You have to do <laughs> it. Most people anyway. are scared, by the way, when they have a conversation with me. <laughs> you have to do it anyway, right? Look, here's the truth. Every time I coach, every time I write a book, every time mm. I stand on a stage, every time I'm on a podcast, every time I wake up and put my feet on the ground and say, I am the one in control of my life, I have to face the fear. And the difference between what happens in life whether you're successful or not, is I think about it like this. You've driven a car and you come to a tunnel. And at the end of the tunnel, you can see the light. But if you've never been to that tunnel before, you're a little scared. You're a little apprehensive. It's interesting. It's different. It's weird. It's odd. Maybe it sucks. <laughs> and you drive through the tunnel because you know at the end of that tunnel, you're going to be on the other side. But you have a choice to make when you arrive at the tunnel. Are you going to put your car in reverse and go home? Or are you going to go through it? And by going through it, you're making this really beautiful choice to face the fear so that on the other side of it, you could potentially reach the potential that you believe that you're capable of having. And on a long enough timeline, I believe that anything is possible. I just saw somebody go into outer space, Mr. Yeah, Branson. And I'm like, right? you're, and you're going to tell me you can't quit the job that you hate. You can't mm. ask the person out on a date that you're interested in. You can't go to the gym and start showing up for yourself. At some point, we have to face reality. And the truth about this is it's very binary. Are you mm. taking care of yourself or are you making excuses? Wow. We should just end there, shouldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Um, you know what's interesting? I, I'm just going, which piece shall I... Shall I go down now? Because, you know, I love all what you said there. I think, yes, everyone's got a choice. Everyone's got to make a decision and even end decision is a decision. I love that. Here's the thing that I'm learning is sometimes because of what we've gone through, because of our learnings, we are maybe further along on the journey than other people. And we want people to come to that point, but they're not ready for that point yet because they haven't even got to that, oh, I've got to make a decision, a choice. Like I, I don't even know what my choice is. So we're right at the beginning of awareness, creating an awareness. Just because you've got more of an awareness through what you've gone through, what you had to, you know, go through as a young man but then grow up and then into like you said, corporate and then out to where you are now. Those are learnings that often has grown, and you said this before, about your capacity to do and be who you are today. If that's the case, the reason you've got to where you are and your understanding is because of those things. How, and do you see this? I really see this a lot in my work right now where there is a lot of people who are not at that stage yet. In fact, have no idea even what you're talking about. So, you know, you use the example of Richard Branson going to space. Well, I bet you when he first mentioned that to some, a lot of people, they would go, what are you talking about? Like, what are you thinking? Like, seriously. And then to own it and then to actually deliver on that, like, 
that is so far from where a lot of people are at. And what I'm seeing is that gap between where we want or know or this is the benefit, the value, listen to me because I've been on that, take this on, they're not ready even to dip their toe into, into the water. Yeah, well, I think it's very much the old adage, you can lead a horse to water. You know, I, I think about this every single day. I, I wish that I had a magic pill that I could give people that said, this is who you're capable of being. Oh, wouldn't but that I, be so good? It would be, think about how incredible the world would be, right? But we don't have that. There's no Disney moment. No one's going to magically give you that thing. You mm. have to understand something. Like, let's rewind. Let, let me create some real context here. Yeah. Growing up in an environment of violence, when I was yes. only four years old, my mother, she actually cut off my right index finger, right? She was a drug addict and alcoholic. My stepfather was super abusive. I was homeless. I was in poverty. I started doing drugs at 12 years old. I got high mm. at 13. I was selling drugs. By 15, I got kicked out of school. My three childhood best friends have been murdered. Like every terrible thing that you could imagine happens to a person I had to experience. But I've also been in relation with people who had everything possible handed to mm. them. And I've yeah. seen both sides of this coin. And I've had success in my life in very varying avenues. And ultimately, the one thing that always holds true, whether it's growing mm. up in the hood or living in the number one neighborhood in America, there's always one thing that holds true. At the end of the day, the thing that you have to understand is you don't have any other choice in your life but to live life on your terms. And so if you are contemplating the idea that maybe life isn't what you want it to be, you have, again, this comes to making choices and decisions. Now, for those, I would have to argue with you. I don't know if there are people who actually are not open to the idea that there's more. I think that they're terrified of the idea that there's more. And in so doesn't that, that make you closed out if you're not open, if you're terrified and you're not going to? So it's less about, I agree, there's lots of people who are really willing. But I think there's, there's some that just won't even go there because it's too hard. It's too big. You're trying to take me somewhere that like, that's just not me. It's great that it's for you. I get it. You know, one of the things I'm fascinated with is how do you mitigate the risk of rock bottom before you create change? Because oh, everyone I yeah. everyone that I know who has ever really created a significant change in their life, they had a rock bottom moment. And to be honest with you, I love this question. I wish I had a better answer for you, but I mm. truly believe the only way that people open up to the idea that there's more is to have hit such a low point that there's nothing left but more. I don't have another solution. I wish well, I did. Well, one of the other things that I will have to put in there, and I do, and I, I think, yes, that's why a lot of people that have hit the rock bottom have gone a different way, and yes, then they are inspired to keep moving. The other side of it is if your drivers are stronger than the pain of staying where you are, I believe you will go towards the solution rather than the problem. What do I mean by that? I think that say if you have, 
experience someone close to you that has died and maybe it was from because they weren't very healthy and they got a disease and that becomes a driver for you to start teaching around or training on being healthy that becomes a massive driver right it's not that you've hit rock bottom it's just like that hurt there was some pain in it but it also is there's a driver for it so that's one way to have a driver another driver is that you've seen something and you've gone i never want to be that person living on the street i never want to not be able to give my children food i never want to like so that that thought of enough for you to go so if i'm not going to do that what drives me it drives me enough that i want to be able to give my kids what they need maybe that becomes a driver so i think when we have a focus that is so strong it will pull us when those times get tough so if we start heading towards hitting that rock bottom instead of hitting that rock bottom we're more driven to keep going to solution and I truly believe this and because I've seen with the patterns of human behaviours, human intelligence, when we go in our default system to the pain, we go there because there's fear, there's things that we don't even know. In a lot of cases, we don't even know what another pathway could be because we've never been down there, we've never seen it. Well, find people in your world that have been down there, that have seen it and see what they're doing and maybe take some things along there if your drivers are strong enough, right? So there's the pain, the problem, the solution, but there's this pattern, the way that we're wired. And I think our default system is wired to our the way we've known how to deal with problems in the past will always keep going back until the point that there is no coming back from. Yeah. And one of the things you said that, that I want to call attention to that I think is really beautiful in the way that you laid out the drivers just now is they weren't about you. They were about service. They were about other people. They were Mm. about community and family and friends and environment And I believe one of the greatest things that we can do as human beings is be of service to others. When you learn something, Mm. put it into the world. Because again, this idea of just one step further, you know, if I can be one step ahead of someone because of someone that I look up to being one step ahead of me, then eventually we are walking a path together. And that's what I think it is that creates massive change in your life. I go back, I rewind my life. 12, 13, 14 years ago, in my early 20s, making six figures, everything around me was miserable, except the fact that I had money in the bank. My health was Mm. poor. My relationships with my family was poor. My relationship with my friends was nonsense. And I look at that and the way that I was abusing the environment, because the only thing I was doing was living a life of me, 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 me. And then one day, You have this, dare I say, awakening, because I don't have a better way to phrase it. And you step into this idea that maybe because you've stepped through pain, you can give something to someone else. And the moment you remove that it is about you and you start to give, the change that life had, I don't have the words for it. But the Mm -hmm. first time someone messaged me and they said, you saved my life. 
I knew exactly what I was supposed to do from this moment forward. But it started because I just took all this education I got and understanding the impact of trauma, all the certifications, all the time I just spent writing blogs that nobody read. And I just said, I'm going to do it because maybe one day it'll matter. And eventually it did. And someone sent me that. And I knew immediately that it is my moral obligation to be of service because I understand that one step further that someone who's one step behind me needs to create change in my life. A lot of people are being super selfish. And I'm saying this because I used to be one of those people. I raise my hand. I condemn myself first. (laughs) And your selfishness is part of the reason why you're stuck. Oh, can we just go there for a second, though? Here's the thing. If you look at across the globe, a lot of it is even feeding that monster of selfishness, feeding that we need to look after us. We need to be, you know, have all of this and be all of this. And we're looking for that search of happiness and we're not finding it. Mm, I wonder why, right? Yet that is really a lot of where society is going right now. Yeah. Where's that come from? Well, it's in, well, from marketers, first and foremost, I will say this as someone who has had tremendous amount of. Marketers have just learned how to feed the monster. The monster came from somewhere else. Yeah. So, you know, media knows how to feed that monster. Sure. It's it's like, right. It's like, feed me, Seymour, feed me. So let, let's think about it in this context. Generationally, up until, call it the last 200 years, we've understand human beings to be very communal, from hunting and gathering to wet nursing yeah. to you name it. And then there was a shift, and that's the shift of agriculture, that's the shift of technology, that's the shift of the automobile. Mm-hmm. And making each other obsolete by a societal standpoint of <laughs> advancement. So maybe the, a simplified version of the answer to this question is maybe we're so damn selfish because we're too advanced. Because if maybe. you think about it, think about this. People live in communal housing and apartments in neighborhoods where 700 people live within a square block of them. Mm-hmm. And they don't know a single person's name who lives next door to them. Yeah. But they, they're keeping up with the Kardashians. Of course. Right? So the thing is, like, sure, let's blame technology. And people argue it brings us closer. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But I do know that people don't know their neighbor's name. Yeah. So maybe here's that's the, the th- here's, here's the thing I'm going to put in that pot, right? So when this comes up, my thinking goes straight to this. I, this is part of the work that I do, which is, I believe there's a secret advantage all of us can connect with and be more effective in what we do. And that is by exercising the muscle of human intelligence. So maybe it's the fact that some of this technology is sped up. Some of the cutting edge and innovative thinking of what we're able to access has caught up to a space But us as humans aren't using the data that we've got and able to process that or even take the right data in and reject the wrong. And then, of course, not even being able to then be effective with that data. And so actually 
we're becoming less smart, which goes back to that original thought of mine when we talked about people just telling us what to do. Hey, you lead the way. I'm just going to follow you, whatever that is. And we are less thinking for ourselves, able to make, get to that choice decisions, right? And all of a sudden, we've got these choices ahead of us, but they're just, it's too big. I'm not even going to go there. I'm not going to even entertain it. So really, I'm just making an indecision decision. Yeah. And it's being, I love what you said about the wrong data and the word dumb came into my mind because <laughs> I, just, I think about the fact that so much of what we put yeah. our attention to is just dumb. Right. And that's not to discount the fact that some people are highly entertained in it. And maybe it does matter to some people, but if you can get an alignment with who you are as a human being based yeah. on your values, your wants, your needs, your interests, and your goals, you'll find that those things that everyone else needs may not be the thing that you need. And so yeah. when you start to step deeper into understanding who you are, like maybe you don't need to watch the news and maybe Netflix isn't your jam. And maybe you want to be the person who here's where it gets interesting. Going back to that point about choice. Something inside of you is like, I just want to read books all day long. Mm. And yet you sit there and you fight yourself watching television. <laughs> I've never done that. I have no idea what you're talking about. Exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. Part yeah. of it is escapism. Part of it is choice. Part of it is just, you know, maybe you don't actually want to be the person that reads a book and you're too scared to be honest with yourself. Yeah. And I think that if you can get deeper and closer into understanding who you are, and a lot of that's by any means necessary, like, can you force yourself into this position of the unknown by stepping into the tunnel to see what's on the other side? Mm -hmm. Maybe it is that you need to go and go to, you know, Peru and do ayahuasca or to live in Bali or to go to England or, or whatever that thing is. Maybe you got to get out of your own neighborhood. You're not going to discover who you are by staying in your comfort zone. And I think that's the crux of it, right? Yeah. Can you push yourself out of comfort just enough, just enough so you feel something again? But it's uncomfortable. Why do I want to go somewhere where it's uncomfortable? I don't know. Why not? Look, I think, like, I think it's, I love it's the question, right? Because, it, <laughs> because like, really, so I get the it. reason, by the way, the reason I challenge some of these things is because I, I get it. We know these are truths. You and I know this. I can tell already we are aligned in that way. But here's the thing just because we know it doesn't mean that it's easy to put in place. And in fact, it's easy for you to go into an uncomfortable position. Um, uh, you know, you said you get fearful, you've got some fear, like it's it's scary sometimes, but you do it because you know the benefit of it. But that's still such a simple concept. But for many, it's so far from where their starting point is. And that's where I'm going. How do we bridge knowing, knowing these things? I get to have some smart conversations with smart humans on here. And I can tell you, we go so deep. And the reason being is because we get it. But what is happening is that we are getting this. We know the importance of it. And we're saying it in our work. But there's a lot of people who can't grasp that concept because that's not their starting point right now. So how do we go from maybe my starting point is right at this moment that I'm just trying to get up every day. I'm trying to be the best person I can be every day. And, 
you know, going into an uncomfortable conversations all the time, by the way, never getting mm -hmm. those, because I believe we have to be comfortable with it. And that is a really uncomfortable space for people to play in. Yeah. Right? <laughs> I, I love this a lot. And I'm thinking, let me rewind my life for a moment. So I'm 25 years old. I'm 350 pounds. I'm smoking two packs of cigarettes a day, drinking myself to sleep at night. And one day I wake up and I, I call in to work and I'm like, I'm not going to work today. And I'm laying in bed. You have to keep in mind, I'm 350 pounds, eating chocolate cake, smoking a joint and watching the CrossFit games. <laughs> <laughs> wow. The irony of that. If that's not rock bottom, I don't know what wow. is. And so I understand this place vehemently about what yeah. it's like to not show up for yourself. Oh, and that. when you understand mm -hmm. that it's been ingrained and embedded in us, that you're not good enough, you're not strong enough, mm -hmm. you're not capable enough, and that becomes the story that you tell yourself, then that would hold true. I believe that we are the stories that we tell ourselves. What you think becomes what you speak. What you speak yeah. becomes your action. Your action become your reality. And mm -hmm. so if any part of you just feels like there's got to be more, then the question that I ask is, can you give yourself grace in honoring that to just literally sit down and take your notebook, take a piece of paper and write out your dreams, write out your ambitions, write out your fears, write out all the things that are bottled and stuck up here that you never get the opportunity to exercise because you're always consumed with content. And to take all that chaos and put it down on a piece of paper or a whiteboard and observe it and just look at it and go, okay, this is where I'm at. Because I recall my moment of hitting this rock bottom and looking at my life and I went to the bathroom and I looked at myself for the mirror, like actually looked at myself in the mirror for the first time at 25 heading into 26 years old. And I did not recognize the reflection because I'd never once in my life felt like I yeah. could because everyone only ever told me you're not good enough. You're a loser. This is why your parents left you. This is blah, blah, blah. Oh, you must have been brought up in the same environment I was. It sounds like we're, we must've been related. Mm -hmm. Right. And so I find I myself so. in this moment looking at myself in the mirror yeah. and I was rewound to this moment of being eight years old. The water company came and turned our water off. We were that impoverished. Imagine this living in America. Yeah. They come and turn your water off because we couldn't pay the bills because my mom was spending the money for drugs. Yeah. And I went and I took this little blue bucket that I used to play in the backyard with. And I walked across the street to the neighbor's house and I turned on their spigot and I stole mm -hmm. water. And in that moment, I said to myself, when you're grown up, this won't be your life. Well, it wasn't my life. I wasn't poor. I wasn't homeless, but I wasn't living. Yeah. And I looked at myself in the mirror that day and I said, Michael, what are you willing to do to have the life that you want to have? And the words, no excuses, just results, just started reverberating in my brain. Mm. And I thought in that moment for the first time, I'm not living my life because I let other people dictate who I should be. And from this moment forward, by any means necessary, I'm going to create change. 
And that started like you have this moment. There's got to be a catalyst, right? You can't start a fire without a catalyst. I do believe there has to be something. I don't know what that is for you. It's going to be different for everyone. But on the backside of that, I sat down and I took out a notebook and I just started writing everything. Because I kept all these feelings, these thoughts, these emotions, these pains, these torments, these hopes, these dreams, these aspirations. And I never put them into the world in a way that I could like absorb them and they were palatable. They just sat here always spinning. And then I started writing and I just said, this is who I'm going to be. I don't know what that means. I don't know how I get there. I don't know what it looks like. People are always trying to have the plan before they take action commit first and figure out the rest later. You don't get to outer space by not going to outer space, but you have to believe that you're capable of doing that. And you say, I'm going to do it. There's been moments in your life where you have done something so incredibly far-fetched that started with an idea. And you said, I will figure it out. Most of my life today, actually. (laughs) has come from those crazy ideas that I had. But it wasn't always like that. You had a moment where you let yourself down, where you didn't show up, where you were stuck, where you were okay with being okay. And then you said, you know what? I'm going to tap into this. I'm going to see what happens. That's the only way. I'm not special. I don't know anything anyone doesn't know. I don't even have a high school diploma. They literally handed it to me. They're like, get the hell out of here. And the one thing that I know, we just want you to leave. Yeah. They wanted me out. They were like, literally, they they were like, why are you even here? I was like, I don't know. Cause y'all make me be here. Right. And so (laughs) (laughs) the one thing that I know potential is unlimited. You can do anything that you want in your life. And it all starts with you just taking this concept of the truth that maybe it could happen. And running with that as long as you can, that you create change. Yeah, I love that. Here's the thing. You know, I always say that it starts with awareness. You got this awareness of somewhere, somehow, that there was something beyond where you were at. And then you owned it. And you said, I'm going to do that. I'm going to be that. I'm going to take it on this, you know, take yourself on a journey to get to wherever that is. But then a change had to happen. So... That change doesn't happen overnight. How have you kept changing and why do you believe such? Because, and the reason I bring this up is because I'm having a lot of conversations at the moment with amazing leaders across the globe. And one of the things that, you know, I talk about big things like humanity. No, that's just you and I. Then I talk about global. That's huge. No, that's just you over in Oregon, me here, and actually I'm in Queensland at the moment in in Australia. I'm on the road. And so that's global, right? And then we talk about things like change. That's massive. No, because guess what? Every shift from problem to solution is bringing a change. We think that it's so big and so many people, leaders included in this, by the way, that, you know, my whole mission is to see change happen across you know, the leadership landscape through the lens of humanity as stakeholders. What does that actually mean? Well, it means that every decision that's being made at a decision table is either adding value to humanity or taking away from. It's a big kick-ass goal, right? Like, oh, that would be awesome. Imagine if the world did that. We would see a little bit different out in society right now. Here's the thing. 
when I talk about change, they go, it's so big. But I think it's all those things that you've talked about where it's that shift. It's that moment where I could look in that mirror and go, do I want to stay here? Actually, I don't. What do I need to do next to change what I'm looking at in that mirror right now? It's the shift of do I want to be stealing water in my little blue bucket for the rest of my life? No, this is not a choice I want to be making going forward. What's the next thing, the next shift I need to do? How or where do we take this? Knowing that change is so important, knowing that change will narrow what I say, narrow the gap from problem to solution, and yet for so many it's still a big thing. Yeah, I love that question. And I love Mm. your mission too. I I think it's incredible. I think about this a lot, right? Because you can create change that fast in your life. Right. By making a choice, by making a decision. But what I'm always thinking about is how do you make change so massive that it makes you obsolete? What Mm -hmm. I mean by that is, so my mission is to end generational trauma in my lifetime, meaning that no child ever has to go through what I went through by creating education and expansion through a trickle down effect by empowering adults to learn to love themselves and by bringing up children to this place where we meet, thus expansion. I recognize something really important in this. And that is that on a long enough timeline, this is feasible. However, it's likely improbable in my lifetime, which is my goal. Mm. So this means I will likely die before this goal is achieved. However, that doesn't mean I'm going to stop. And I think one of the biggest parts about like real change, real change, it has to be so big that it's a movement that upon itself in immediate, not immediately, excuse me, eventually implodes upon itself. I wish it was immediate. I wish we could just take that pill. If if it were immediate, (laughs) I don't even know. I I can't even like fathom it, right? No, you know why? Because then we can do the next dream and the next vision and the next thing. There will always be a problem. There will always be a problem. We will always (laughs) need solutions. There will always be the next thing. But you can't have the next thing without the first thing. And I Uh, think that the first thing has to require attention. That's a life. That's relationships. Mm -hmm. That's career. That's global shifts. Yeah. Change the thing. Put your effort and energy to it. Know that patience must be deployed and that on a long enough timeline, if you do all the work, you plant the trees, eventually you will have a garden. Mm. People are aligned with this idea of like, I want to change my life and become a millionaire. So what? What are you going to do with it? Why don't you change your life by changing the lives of the people around you on the way? And that's what drives me. That's what I think about, right? I think the idea and the scope of change is even too small with leaders. (laughs) I'm with you on that one. We're like, we're going to do this little thing. I'm like, great. What does that actually mean? So you can do, do that in the next. No, 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 Michael. It's like, you can do that in the next hour. Now, what do you want to do after that? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> 100%. And I'm like, I challenge my friends. I challenge the people mm. who are leaders in spaces like mine. And I say, yeah. you're thinking too small. Yeah. You're thinking too small. But again, that's been ingrained in us. Think just big enough so nobody notices. Yeah. And I'm like, I want everybody to see. Yeah. Right? And by the way, if we fail, 
It's only a little fail. I welcome. Right, that. like when you do a little, when you do a little goal like that, or a little, you know, this is my kick-ass goal. Really. And that's because if you don't set it very high, if you don't play a big enough game, it doesn't matter if you fail because you won't fall very far. It won't. But here's the thing, what I have learned through embracing failures, embracing tough challenges, embracing those moments that have been things that I would never want anyone else to go through, but mm -hmm. I have learned so much from. Yeah. Is that I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the capacity that I have today, or even the droplets of wisdom that sometimes pop into my head, I would not have those things to pull on and the strategies that I have if I hadn't have gone through those times, yeah. if I hadn't have learned from those things that, by the way, I don't think it's failure. I think it's just a stepping stone and it gives you, it's that stretch of that muscle of human intelligence that then actually makes it stronger for us to do the next stretch. But that's another story. Uh, no, uh, I, I agree. I, I look at that as <laughs> failure is data points. Yeah. Failure is just analytics. Can I look at this thing that I did maybe wrong or incorrectly, or I was just one degree off the wrong way, course correct and keep going until the next data point? Because you're not going to get yeah. there the first time. You're not going to get there the hundredth time. You might not even get there the thousandth time. But eventually you will collect enough data that yeah. you will have the solution for the variable that you're trying to solve for. I think all of change is simply a mathematical equation. Can you find the variable by trying all the hypotheses that do not work? Oh my gosh. Have you like been in my head or anything? Like my whole world is based on patterns and you're speaking my language right now. Here's one of my incomplete loops from our conversation though, that I want to go back to. You said, if I'm not right, then I'm in danger. What did you mean by that? Yeah, so that's a really great question. So when I was a kid, I had to learn how to read people. I had to learn how to read people because it, it literally could mean life or death. Because I would be environments. You have to think about this. I was with strangers all the time. And I was a tremendously abused and tormented child. And because of that, I never knew what I was going to be into. I never knew oh whose gosh. house I was going to so, talk By the way, I so relate to all of this. This is this is just me looking at a reflection. Yeah, well, I'm sorry that mm. we have that in common, but I'm glad I can be in solidarity with you because well, it's just no, a because further proof. For someone to understand, for someone to understand this concept, I go, wow, that's why he's so like that's why your data points are so important to you. Because when you have that data point. It is either life or death for you. And I so yeah. remember those moments. Yeah. And they're hard. And I wish we didn't have those moments. And that's why I work so hard. Totally. And the idea of being right was protection. Because if yeah. I was wrong about someone, I could get hurt. And I very often did. And yeah, then I learned so how to read people's movements and mannerisms and tonalities and eyes and shifts yeah. and homes and environments. And that created a huge mm -hmm. amount of safety for me. And, yeah. and so I had to unlearn that because here's what I learned about a, a human being. Wow, you unlearned it. Well, let me explain it because mm. it doesn't mean it's not there. It doesn't mean it's still not a measurement. It just mm. means that now, instead of looking for the worst in people, I'm looking for alignment 
with people. And as long as I'm in alignment, starting with my values, then I'm never wrong because I get to follow my gut intuition when I'm in connection. And I had to learn how to turn off always being right because it was a defensive mechanism. And it actually started to play an interruption in all of my life. It started being a hindrance instead of being an asset. Oh, wow. You know, I'm, by the way, I'm not usually ever without words, by the way, I'm, I'm pretty, uh, pretty constant with my words, but you know, I think I just take a moment there because I'm thinking about what you just said there. I, I had to unlearn that. I think I got stuck on that and I like how you've now used it to the way you have. And then I'm going, what have I done with that? I think one of the things, and that's why I hesitated for a second, because one of the things that I have learned is that if we wire things, so you said, okay, now I've unlearned that. And instead, really what you've done is you've wired to a different behavior once you've see that as a pattern coming. And what you've wired to is something that it's going to add value, not take away from. And that is something that is so precious to my work is the fact that we have every single one of us the choice, the opportunity to rewire to a different behaviour and get a different result. So this might have been our story. This could have been the trauma that we had to go through. This could have been that brokenness that maybe we experienced at one point. But from today on, it doesn't need to be. One of the things you have to have is to know what to rewire to. There has to be some sort of hope, some sort of vision, some sort of, you know, that child that you said, have you been that child at one point where you had a dream? It's like that moment in which you start thinking that maybe there's possibility for something else. We have to get to that point. And then it's like let's rewire to a different behaviour. In other words, instead of going to our default system, what we knew, what we knew wasn't beneficial for us nor those around us, we now have to rewire to something that's going to add value. And sometimes that's a little tiny shift. Sometimes that's a huge change. Sometimes that means changing our environment. Sometimes that's who we are hanging out with. And I think that... It doesn't matter what those things are from today onwards. If that was the story, we now all can start shifting in the right direction. Would you agree on that? Yeah, 100%. And you know what? One of the most incredible realizations that I've had in my journey was understanding that I was no longer a child. And what I mean by that is that when you are a child, you have no control or very limited. More often that can be taken out, whether through others in authority, whatever it is, right? Yeah. Yeah. And then you come to the past to this place where you're now an adult. And then you Mm -hmm. have to understand the truth is that you do have control. But change is very much like about incremental, granular, Mm -hmm. and microscopic movements that eventually create momentum that with enough force gives you the ability to exit the atmosphere. Hmm. And so people want to create change and they're like, I'm going to just do this one thing one time and my life will be different. 
You're going to have to do that one thing 10,000 times for your life to be different. And then eventually on a long enough timeline, you will have escape velocity and you will find yourself in a new atmosphere because you have decided to do the little granular microscopic shifts day in and day out while taking in the data to understand what you're capable of because now you are an adult and you have choice. Mm. I love that. So if someone, before I forget, by the way, if someone chooses to want to know more about you, uh, where's the best spot for them to, to learn more? Yeah, I'm on all the social media at Michael Unbroken. And mm-hmm. you can check out my podcast at thinkunbrokenpodcast.com. It's called Think Unbroken Podcast on iTunes and all the things. Oh, I love that. Okay, so it's come to this time in the the decision table, by the way, in the conversation. It's the only time I ask the same question on every table. And and that is, what are you taking from what you've we've had a talk about today? I think the one thing that really struck me immediately was the fact that, how do I want to phrase this? I'm going to put it the right way. The fact that when you're in connection with other human beings and you let down your guard just enough, you can create connection. And the reciprocation mm. of this conversation that you gave me is is beautiful and really powerful. And I appreciate you. And that's just, it further reinforces this idea that I have that all people are not bad. And I appreciate yeah. that. And that's so important today, right? Because we see a lot of where it is bad and that people are bad and everything's falling apart. So here's the crazy thing. We have never met before in our lives. And yet I feel absolutely connected to you and this conversation. And I've loved where we've gone on it and it's given me much thought. The one thing I'm taking from our conversation today, though, is I loved how you said around course correct. I think if we can look at things and say, hey, is this just a course correct? This isn't a failure. This is just a course correct. Or like when we look back at it and reflect on it and go, actually, we can just course correct right now. Or, you know, something's falling apart with a team member. Hey, what do we need to do now that we could course correct? Right? It's like that ugliness is all taken away, but yet the thing that we need to change is right there in front of us Mm. because it's about the course. And if I go back to something that you brought up and you recognise is very much one of my focuses is that it's important for us as an individual to be what we are, the potential, the need, everything that we have and know where we're meant to head. We are only in focus, then we miss out on a massive important piece. And that is out focus because actually we can have much more growth and we can have way more impact when we have an out focus. And I think when we course correct, we don't look at the character. We look at the course and we're saying, how do we correct this? How do we be more effective in this? And that's what I'm taking from our conversation. That's so beautiful. Hmm. Okay, is there anything else that, like, we? I'm going to finish up the broadcast, but don't run away quite straight after that when I finish. But, you know, is there anything that I haven't given you the space to say that you really wanted to say today? Well, you, first off, you give me a tremendous amount of space, so thank you for seeing me today. I want to say this because I think it's mm, really important you. because I know people who've been through bad things are listening, and that's this. Though trauma may have been our foundation, 
It does not mm. have to be our future. Oh, I love that. Mm. Whew, I love that. So talking about future, I just want to ask you this question. What is your future looking like? What's one thing way down the track maybe that you think is way down the track? Maybe it's actually going to happen much quicker that yeah. you're looking forward to. The biggest thing for me is I want to travel the world and stand on stages in front of the biggest audiences on planet Earth and have this conversation. Yeah. I have to tell you and encourage you, the best moment I had was standing on a, on a stage and it was with a whole lot of global leaders. And I mean global leaders. People were cutting edge and scientific moments. It was people who have, you know, from military to big kick-ass, uh, you know, organisations to those on the ground working with humanity projects to, like it was just full on. And my most favourite moment of speaking on that stage was the moment that everyone else had all these letters, by the way, after their name. And I stood on that stage and I said, today I'm representing a voice for humanity. And that, my friend, was the best moment and I will never forget that. In that moment, to be able to be a voice and representing humanity was amazing. Hmm. I love thank it. you for what Speaking you bring. Speaking my language. Thank you for what you bring, and thank you for being willing to come on to the decision table today. I appreciate you so much. It's my pleasure. Thank you, my friend. Don't run away either. Amazing droplets of wisdom for you from today's episode. Make sure you subscribe. Ensure you leave an awesome rating and review. Our hope is this podcast creates a new awareness, activates ownership to what is next, a curiosity for the need to be part of the change, and to make footsteps of sustainability from today onwards. If you want to further your journey with us, then apply to join us at our next Leaders Movement Parlay. The link is in the show notes. We appreciate you. Help us to help build a tribe who make humanity as stakeholders. To achieve this together, recommend this podcast to leaders, innovators, and movement changers. Big love until we see you on the next Decision Table Series podcast episode.